But either way, at the starting point, I am excited. Wow. Either the company has invested in you, they want you, they see potential in you, or I commend you. You are so courageous. Let's get started. Let me show you how I can help you on this journey. We're going to make you be the best version of yourself in the end. That's the outcome. And you're going to be a better leader. This is going to allow you to create greater impact personally and professionally because what happens personally rolls into your professional life and what happens professionally rolls into your personal life. JMS coaches the whole person. That is the voice of Nicole F. Smith, CEO, JMS Creative Leadership Solutions. She joins me today to discuss leadership and emotional intelligence. You are listening to the podcast with John C. Lemon. Ms. Smith, welcome. Hi, John. Thank you for having me. I'm glad that you were here. You wrote a book that was successful. It was on the bestseller list. The title of that book is 20 Golden Leadership Nuggets. I want to start our conversation with a basic question. What exactly is leadership? First of all, I have to say that leadership does not mean you have to have a title. So with that said, leadership to me is having a growth mindset, Um, having courage, and leading with heart. And these three leadership keys just help all the other leadership competencies that organizations look for or desire. It it has them fall into one of those three leadership keys and into that framework. So demonstrating these, I feel, will help you be a successful leader and help you thrive. And growth mindset. What would be a working definition of what a growth mindset is? Of course, as we know, growth mindset is the opposite of having a fixed mindset, but it's knowing that you can learn, you can be a lifelong learner. And it's basically taking situations that you're in, it's taking elements that you may read or artifacts that you may read and being able to grow from them and increase your skill set, increase your strengths and hopefully increase some of your your talent that you do have. In general, is there any difference between corporate leadership and different organizational leadership styles? When we say corporate leadership, and I mentioned to individuals that that is my background, it's because I spent 20 plus years in corporate leadership, but I had the opportunity to work in different industries within that um, time period. You know, leadership is leadership. How you manage your style is dependent on the workplace dynamics. So for instance, I go into a corporation that's majority white collars, you have your CEO, C-suite, VP, and so forth. I'm going to be dealing with a different dynamic. I'm dealing probably with some more politics. I'm dealing with heavy titles. And then the difference is if I was to go down the street to a mom and pop shop, 
that's been ran by the family for, you know, 50 years, the dynamics is going to be a little different. Their leadership style is going to be different. Leadership competencies are the same. But again, depending on the area and the workplace dynamics, the how they manage their employees may have a little different style. What would those leadership competencies be? Um, leadership competencies that I see that are of the same across the board. And mind you, they have changed year over year. The number one leadership competency that I see today is emotional intelligence. That is highly desired in the workplace. But do know, I can go to a Fortune 500 company and say emotional intelligence and they get it. You know, if I go down the street back to that mom and pop shop, I can say emotional intelligence and they will go, huh? But then when I say self-awareness, relationships, oh, yes. So, you know, emotional intelligence plays in there. Authenticity, change management, being able to, as a leader, handle change, but also manage your team through change. Genuineness, communication, and empathy. Empathy is huge, but empathy also flows within emotional intelligence as well. So I've seen those same leadership competencies, whether it's a Fortune 500 company or a small family-owned business down the street. Of course, you mentioned dealing with some bigger titles, such as perhaps CEO. That points the finger towards maybe a little bit more political situation. I don't know if the word conflict resolution is the right word. But you're dealing with resolving office conflicts. Correct. And also remember when you have a CEO running, let's say a Fortune 500 company, they're probably dealing with a board. They're dealing with someone higher than them that they have to report to, shareholders, stakeholders. They're dealing with a lot more people that play into their decision making how they handle those conflicts. It's not just doing what I want to do because I run business. High emotional intelligence, going back to emotional intelligence. If you value your relationship with your employees, you also then value that when you make decisions. So yes, dealing with politics, dealing with conflict resolution, dealing with problem solving, decision making, how assertive to be or not to be. Being a CEO means you actually have to report to more people. It's about your employees, especially if you want to keep that employee engagement high, that helps feed into that bottom line. So leadership isn't for the faint of heart. It takes a level of courage. I know that has value to you. You've spoken in in the past about leading with your heart and and about having courage. Can leadership just spring up from anywhere. I know it takes a particular quality. I know there's other leadership gurus that would say leaders are not born, they're made. But can leadership just spring up from anywhere? You know, John, the quote leaders that are born, they usually call them bossy. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, that's not a leadership trait we want to have. But this is where I agree that leaders are made. I do understand that the leadership competencies, we can develop those. Take those strengths that you have and help you soar with those competencies. I do feel that leaders are made. However, I don't feel that everyone needs to be a leader. I don't feel that everyone has to lead in this society. We have to have followers. I take value. I take pride that I can step back and say, I'm following 
it takes, to me, it takes a big person to, to say that, especially my personality where <laughs> I want to be in the front <laughs> and I want to take control at times. So just to note that not everyone is required to be a quote leader. So going back to your question, I do feel, however, that it can come from anywhere. And so when it comes from those unsuspecting places, it, it does surprise you. This is where I say we have to look for those qualities as well. We have to Let's say, for instance, leaders are are sitting in a a conference room or let's say we're having, it's not all leaders, but we have individuals or employees that are sitting in a conference room pinpointing those skill sets. If someone speaks up, allowing them to speak up and give those ideas to help problem solve, to help do decision making. Um, So it can pop up in certain places. We have to look for that, though. If you are sitting back and you are thinking my way or the highway, or I'm not listening to anybody else to help make this decision, I'm not listening to anyone else to help solve this problem because I got this. Well, then of course, you're going to have blind spots. You're going to have blinders to where you're not going to see any potential leaders. And one thing I have to point out is that you can have a room full of different types of leaders and everyone's going to have a different set of qualities Mm -hmm. that they can bring to the table to help take charge in whatever we're trying to accomplish. And this is where as leaders, we have to make everyone feel inclusive. We have to make sure that everyone knows that they can lean in and provide or show those leadership qualities. You are a bit confrontational and you take off the kid gloves, but you see a clear in inside. Absolutely. So when you say confrontational, um, is that not the, no, no, no. In a warm, loving way. No, I'm, I, when I say, when I say confrontational, I, I just, I agitate their problem. I allow them to see that in three to six months, you could be without a job. What is that going to do for you? You know, what is that going to do for you professionally? What is that going to do for you personally? Because people don't realize when you're in a specific industry And word gets around town that you are not a good leader, you're hard to work with, your team doesn't trust you, your team doesn't respect you, especially especially if you're in a high up position, that word travels. You'll be surprised at six degrees of separation. My point in saying that is that you may not see the whole staircase, but just taking that first step up could be instrumental especially if you are an established leader. If you're an aspiring leader, I can get you in, get you in there, mold you. (laughs) If you're an established leader, if you do not get continuous development and assessment of how you're doing, yeah, your, your career could tank. Situational theory, behavior theory, transformation theory. When we look at these different theories and components that make them unique, Can leadership styles be fluid? Can we go from one to the other? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I encourage you to do so. I speak about that in my book as well of now that you have read about all these theories and you may have some role models or some other leaders that you've seen actually doing it very well. Now you have to decide, well, how do I want to be? I mentioned the different theories because you're going to come across different objectives within the organization you're going to come across different goals that you're going to have to figure out how you need to move forward. 
Also too, John, you're going to come across leading different people. Um, I have had large teams. I've had small teams, but they all have had different styles or different behavior styles, different personalities and so forth. So I could not come in one way and stick to my guns on that because there was going to be some casualties then. I had to adjust my style based on my team, based on the organizational goals, based on the individual. I had to adjust because remember I said, I can come across assertive and I know that, but I have to hold back a little bit on other behavior styles that are intimidated or don't receive me very well. Um, I have to say though, when you adjust your style, when you adjust your leadership style, you build respect, you build rapport, and you build trust. Because what you're showing them is that I'm leading you. I'm not a leader in this organization, but I have the privilege of leading you. And so with that said, let's do this. Let's get to work. What do you need to be successful? And that was just my leadership style. Overall, John, you can probably see I'm a people leader. So I'm into, yes. I'm into the, the, the people. <laughs> How did you come about your clients? Is it by referral? Do they reach out to you? What happens for you to take on a client? Yes and yes and, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, you know, the best marketing is referral. So if I work with a client, whether it's an individual, because I do individual coaching as, and development as well. When someone refers me, you know, it's, it's, that's great. That means I, I, I did a good job. That means that I, I did make a difference in, in your life. So I do get the referrals, but also too, as any good business owner, I, I do have lead generations that I, I gain and that's through different systems that I use. I am very heavy on LinkedIn. There are 70 million users, but it's not for me just lead generations. I truly want to get to know people. I want to know how they're doing. I want to know how their business is, is going, especially during the times that we're in today. You know, how is business going? And any way that I can support, any way that I can help that individual or that team, I'm all for it. It starts way back 14 years ago to where I still have contacts with those people. So for me, JMS, relationship building, but not only building, maintaining that relationship is huge for me. So like I said, when someone refers me, that's even more flattering than getting on LinkedIn and seeing client because that means you're doing well. That means that people like what you do. So let's say you are engaging in a new client relationship. A leader comes to you and he says, listen, I have to do better. I realize I'm falling short. Where does he or she begin on that journey? If this is an individual just coming to me, they're not coming to me through their organization because sometimes organizations will do investment in the development of their employees. So if an individual is coming to me on their own, first of all, I tell them or I, I tell them I commend you for your courage in taking that first step because it's hard for individuals to come out and say, I need help. If someone comes to me, I do ask what's currently taking place. Really look at them and say, what's going on? Why do you feel you're not meeting 100% of, of your goal or whatever you're trying to do? Why do you feel that way? 
because I'm trying to figure out, did someone tell you that? Or is that that self-talk in your head? And I asked them, okay, so what is that deep personal vision of their future? What do they want their future to look like? And then I help them see current state, future, and that gap, that gap in between and try to, I ask them also to have they invested any, in any type of self-assessments, any type of development, any type of training that can hone in on the skills, um, what we call those leadership derailers, where are they, where do they feel like they're derailing? Has their organization helped them or what have they done to help themselves? So I ask them when they say, well, who can help me? You know, talent, their talent management department, their human resources department, you know, and that's usually some of the first initial questions, but then I may go a little further. Once they tell me some of the things that they've done, I then go, how is that working for you? (laughs) I don't know how long or how many there would be that would fall under this category. What's a quick overview of leadership derailers? It's not technically a list. It's based on an assessment that I have for emotional intelligence. I go through a a vendor that has done extensive research and studies on leadership since the early 70s, 80s. Basically what this does, it measures your emotional intelligence. So, but with that, there are five components within that. And then there's 15 subscales that fall in line. This is a self, one of the assessments is a self-rater assessment. So you go in there and you rate yourself which is huge. How do you think you're doing in these categories? Empathy, decision-making, problem-solving, impulse control, just to name a few. So when you get your results, there is a leadership measurement. It shows you where you've scored in certain subscales. And if it's below the mean or the average, this is what's going to derail you if you do not get a development plan around these. The vendor I use is is multi-health systems. They're a well-known organization that has a nice sample. This is what I'm certified in. You have a large group that basically compares you. You can see how you stack up against general population or even certain ages and genders and industries as well. So it just compares you to the general population and where you stand. So based on your score, we'll then determine what your specific leadership derailers are. When you're talking about leadership, a good definition of a leader is not only are you improving, but you're seeking to make the entire organization that you're leading better as well. How do we get to that place? Um, As we work through your development plan and action plan, I'll get you jazzed up, but also too, my development plans and action plans gives you challenges or what I call comfort crushing challenges that allow you to interact with your colleague. When you gain nuggets and you learn something new, you have this high where you just want to tell everybody and you want to show everybody what you've learned, especially if you're going through development and you feel really confident, your confident builds and you feel good about what you do. You then show that I will demonstrate the whole package. So if an individual comes to me on their own, they then take my information and share it with their leaders. If an organization comes to me, 
and wants me to help individuals. Because John, it's not just about training you on one workshop. It's not just about doing one hour of coaching and development. This is to create a sustainable, actionable plan to keep it going. What is this going to look like? It's not going to just be one workshop, one one one-on-one coaching. We're going to take it all the way through to where when you do 360s again, or whenever you do any type of survey, you're going to see those scores jump up. You're going to literally see a dynamic change in the workplace. And that's my goal. I don't know how often I have used the term surreal in the past two or three years. I've said it more than once. We have issues of social unrest, and that ultimately affects employees that are affected by what's going on in their life and the events that's going on around them. And as you said earlier, it is difficult to separate sometimes our professional life from our personal life. If we are emotionally intelligent, if we are self-aware, if we are honest with ourselves, we would draw that conclusion How would you coach leaders? How would you direct leaders to help their employees deal with the issues that are going around, social unrest, COVID-19, et cetera, et cetera? There's a lot that is taking place that is hitting our mental capabilities. Remember I stated your personal life flows into your professional life and professional flows into your personal. And this is a good example. COVID, social unrest, racial inequality, it's all starting to blend now. Organization leadership has to understand that all employees are being affected by this. The Black community, we're tired of the the social unrest. It seems like every day there is something. And then you have our white brothers and sisters that some of them truly want to help. They truly want to be an ally. They just don't know how. And they don't know how to ask So you saw a lot of leaders sending out emails to their employees saying, I understand. I'm not happy with what's going on. And this is in regards to the racial unrest. However, we can be of support. They've started support groups. They started, you know, some organizations brought in counselors. They, some organizations had focus groups to where individuals or employees could sit and talk and say how they feel. And whether they were doing that themselves through human resources and having someone help moderate that. But one of the things that I stated to organizational leaders that I work with is first recognize it, department leadership, whatever support you can provide. If they just need a mental day, you know, you have listening sessions where you have someone like myself come in and we have a a set agenda, but we ask those questions. John, this is where it's time to have those uncomfortable conversations. If you are in an office, I would recommend leaders, you know, having those meetings. How are you feeling? Walk around, talk to your people, walk the halls. So now we have to get creative, okay? We need to have virtual sessions via Zoom, WebEx, so forth, but we have to make it safe. There's a way that you can make things comfortable using the technology. Let's talk about empathy. What does that mean? Because empathy is huge. And this is where I tell individuals, get off social media for a day or two. Don't talk about it for a day or two. Watch some mindless TV. Don't watch the news for a day or two. You notice I'm saying just for a day or two, because you just need a break. It's like I say, let that emotion park. Let it run through you. Feel it. 
and then decide how am I going to use this to help me fuel forward, to go forward in a positive way. Because you can take a negative emotion and you can move forward in a positive way after you have processed it. That's the short answer, John, because this, when you go in and talk about diversity and inclusion and racial unrest or business continuity and how to move forward with a pandemic and so forth, it takes time to sit, process it all, and then decide or strategize on how to move forward with a plan. And it takes all of leadership to do this, not just the CEO and not just human resources. It takes all of leadership to come together to do this. Tell us about the upcoming events happening at JMS. I have two coaching programs where I coach individuals, one-on-one coaching. One is a transformational leadership coaching. If you notice, the acronym is TLC. Engaging exercises, we dig deep into different areas of your life, anywhere from values, emotions, your goals, your purpose, you know, helping you become the best version of yourself. The other program I have solely focuses on emotional intelligence. So with that said, we focus on emotional intelligence and the subscales that roll into your total emotional intelligence score. So there's assessments involved. There's a 360 involved if you choose. The Emotional Intelligence Program runs about eight weeks, again, depending on your schedule. I also, John, do different speaking engagements. I do work with other business women in regards to different topics that we see we go through as entrepreneurs. So for instance, imposter syndrome, I'm getting ready to design a webinar for people to join and hear some amazing business women speak about the topic of imposter syndrome. Everyone experiences imposter syndrome. Women are the ones that talk about it the most. Miss Smith, it has been a delight to speak with you today. Thank you so much for dropping by. Oh, thank you, John. This has been amazing. Thank you so much for the invitation and having me. You are welcome. Nicole F. Smith, CEO, JMS, Creative Leadership Solutions. For more information on Leadership EQ, visit www.jmscreatesleaders.com. That's our podcast for today. I'm John C. Lemon. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening.